Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. Man, our listeners at home do not see that video that is played. They just hear the audio. And every time I watch that video, I'm so fired up. You got to see the passion in those people's faces as they're speaking. You got to check it out. You can find it on my YouTube channel. You can find it anywhere. Reach out to me if you want some motivation for your opening school year. It is straight fire. I love those guys. So great to have them on the show. And today we are welcoming the one and only Taylor Armstrong. How you doing, Taylor? I'm good. I'm good, man. It might be good that I'm the one and only. That might be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to you and we I've been following you for a while, a couple of years now. And this is uh, actually our first time really getting in the same room as close face to face as we can, you know, in the virtual setting. But it's been amazing how we've connected and, you know, talking to you. I've always said how awesome your story is. I can't wait to share, to share your story from staff sergeant in the, in the army to bus driver, to coaching, to teaching, to school leader, and now into higher ed. So that is an amazing story. I'm sure you're going to kind of put the pieces together for us, but talk to us a little bit about, your journey, why you're here and how you landed on this path. Yeah. I mean, my journey is, I mean, everybody has their own uh, unique journey, but for me, you know, it started with, I was a young kid needed, needed uh, a life. I'd gone to college and did more college than I did actual school. Uh, if you know what I'm saying. And so, um, uh, that didn't work out very well and needed something to do. And I decided the military was it. And so, I uh, spent a couple years of my life in the military, just uh, figuring out how to be a man, figuring out how to be an adult, figuring out how to do life and and just to be better. And and through that, was lucky enough to be remoted a few times, to be a staff sergeant and and learn some things and get out and uh, just kind of humbled in a way, needing the job and need something to do. And so I uh, had a friend tell me they needed some bus drivers at a local school. I said, sure, I'd, I'd love to. And I, I was a volunteer bus driver. It was the first thing I ever did in education. And I just would go up there at 5 a.m. every morning and sit if they needed a bus driver. If they didn't, I'd go home and collect my little check for being available. And uh, that kind of started my road to where I am now and deciding that education was the life for me. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. And, you know, when people say that, when they say thank you for your service, it's we really have absolutely no idea as to 
you know, what it took for you to get there and your story on that journey and what that was like. You were in Iraq for two years. You did serve, uh, you know, in these uncharted places. Mm -hmm. I imagine you bring a lot of life lessons with you as I know you do, but because I see your videos that you're posting all the time and I've seen your journey and there's also a weight loss journey in there too as well, mm -hmm. correct? So, yeah. you know, just legit so many different layers to you, but talk a little bit about that military experience for you and how that relates to who you've become in who you are as an educator. Well, so military is unique because it is satisfying and frustrating all at the same time, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. But um, a lot of the military is just so many things frustrate you because they make zero sense. Uh, but it's just the way it is. And it's the way it's always been done. You know, like, the you know, it's just I could name 15 things off the top of my head, but it's just it doesn't make any sense. But that's the way we're going to do it. So. Uh, but at the same time, it's satisfying with the fact that um, you're helping take care of people, you're helping protect people, you're you're taking care of not not only just civilians, but those around you. You know, as a as a non-commissioned officer, it was my duty to take care of my soldiers, and and that was one of my biggest things is you know to teach them to, and it's one of the things I've always learned in life is it's not my job just to make you good at what you do now. It's my job to make you good at what you do now and be great at what the next thing is and so that's one of the things that's always really stuck with me is to make sure that i am pushing those around me to achieve greatness now and in the future so when that opportunity comes it's there it doesn't matter whether it's my kids or my son's five years old or whether it's an adult that's been doing this for 20 some odd years there's something new we can do and so the military taught me a lot about that taught me a lot about uh becoming an adult and just helping others and, and, and adversity, like adversity is every day. So, uh, you're going to have adversity. You're going to have stress. You're going to have struggles. How you respond to that is what makes those things either obstacles or opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I see that in your journey as we've connected and I've seen you kind of continue to share that message. And I know you were one of those people that during the pandemic that I connected with, that I saw as inspiration, that, you know, we found ourselves in this social media space kind of connecting in different ways. And it's interesting how the, the stars align. It's interesting how we all get connected to each other because it's all based on the, the, the metaverse anyways that we really ended up in that way, which is really wild to me. But What's always amazing to me is your your positivity, which is you're always looking at developing the human side of things. And I think mm -hmm. when you think about being a leader in the military, obviously that brings with you a great, great power into the classroom, into the school district. But also thinking about what you've seen, the world mm -hmm. that you've seen, the other side of the world, places where people are not protected, places where people are not safe and have no guarantees. Talk a little bit about, you know, how do how do we bring those experiences into our classrooms, into our schools, so that we can continue to provide that message of, first of all, how grateful we should be of what we have in front of us in American schools. And number two is, you know, the what's going on in the rest of the world. Well, you know, when you think about small things like 
just having drinking water. You talk about being places where they're only water. Um, there's so much bacteria, you know, just different things I can describe that I won't, but things that make it very undrinkable. So if you're not drinking bottled water, you're at risk. But you, again, they live in that area. So there may be a little bit more, accept, you know, okay with it, or they've just been part of who they are. So they're just kind of, they have those immunities, but it's just, you think about little things like that, having a bathroom to go to, having food, you know, you go out and do something and there's people chasing you down, hoping to get a, a snack out of your MRE, like, you know, these little kids running after you. And there's part of you that's scared because what if this is the trap? And there's part of you, it's like your heart reaches out to that because they just want something to eat, you know? And it's just, uh, it's hard a lot of times because you're trained one way, but you're also a human in another way. Which one are you giving into? Can you do both? And so for me, it came back to the human element conquers everything. It doesn't matter whether it's training, whether it's teaching, whether it's instruction, whatever you're doing, the human connection makes every bit of it better. So I could be, you know, I can go, go back to coaching. You know, I'm coaching my kids to, you know, hey, we need to do this, this, and this. And I can give them the same instruction five different ways. But if I have that relationship with them and, you know, we play around that I, I can remember um, I used to do this with my junior high boys for baseball. Anytime it rained, we would practice outfield uh, catches. And the reason being is because it was fun just to get in the mud, right? So I would just, you know, lob these balls where they had dive and get mud. I'm sure their parents hated me for this. But it was something fun that they loved to do. And they just like, oh, I can make the better catch. You know, they're out there yelling Jeter and all these things. And it's just, it's hilarious to watch. But while they are working on something that we want to work on, them being able to make a catch, uh, 90% of it is just fun. It's just connection. And that 90% pays off later. So, yeah, I might waste an hour talking to someone about nothing, but it's going to save me 10 down the road. And that's the point of it. That human connection means so much. So many people get lost and I don't have an hour to waste here. It's not a waste. It's an investment. That's the difference. You're investing in that relationship and that relationship pays off in the end. I still have, I can remember um, when I was working at Mississippi state, I had somebody yell coach behind me um, and uh, yelled a couple of times. But I finally turned around. It was one of my former junior high players yelling coach at me and wanted to talk to me and tell me how much uh, they had missed me. And I was one of their favorite coaches they ever had like that. I will live with that the rest of my life. That's the kind of stuff that matters. And it's not that I did anything special in their lives. I just loved on a kid. And like, that means more to me than anything I could say. Yeah. No, you know, you said something when you were talking about how, if I have to talk to these students and I have to talk to these students about nothing, but it goes that far, you know, we always say when we talk about that nothing, it's like that unplanned opportunity that just happens on the moment. Um, and I think that we always forget that that's how life's going to be. And I know a lot of teachers and educators that I've worked with sometimes feel so restricted on the clock and how we're watching the clock because we have to have 45 minutes for this and 45 minutes for this and the bell's going to ring and I have to get this much done but that nothing is that you know you have to leave space for those moments that feel like nothing which are really those moments of opportunity those are the moments of those conversations those are the moments where you just hear two kids talking and all of a sudden you hear that this kid's 
family member passed away or all of a sudden you hear as you know they're moving around the classroom you notice an interaction like those moments or those observation moments that we just have to really you know i agree with you man we going forward in the next year into school years ahead into everything that we're doing we gotta leave time and 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 allow the flexibility of that time so please stop watching the clock so strong look, it's okay for those moments i think is what we're getting at here look man i'm telling you those moments i call those investing in the piggy bank it might be pennies nickels and dimes but you're still adding money to the piggy bank and over time that adds up and the money that comes out of that the investment that comes out of that is always worth it yes that is that is for sure and you know you talk about this idea and you're obviously taking your learning forward you're working towards your doctorate at this point you're in like the three quarters of the way there and i feel and i know the pain that you're going through but it is a good pain and we've been talking about that journey but talking about this idea and related to what you're doing now in higher education and, and related to all the the technology side of things this has led you down discovering a road of learning more to find out the impacts of distance education. So talk a little bit about where that all came from. Yeah, and it's funny, that's that's my dissertation topic is, you know, integrating distance ed into education. You know, how we how do we do it? How do we push it forward? How do we make that more part of our schools and do it successfully, not just throwing money at it? And it's been really important to me because more and more not only higher ed, but K-12 schools are having virtual schools. They're having virtual principals. They have people that are directing these programs. We have friends that are directors of these programs that, that are all they do is they're the principal over the virtual school. And, and it's the same thing. They're just doing it from their office. Right. And it's um, um, they don't have to walk around the school because it's all on the Internet. And this this is kind of what we're getting to. It's going to be more and more. And and for me, it's about investing in that. You know, I look at it as everything away from the school is virtual school, whether, uh, you know, it's distance ed. I don't want to say virtual school, I just say distance ed. Because if you give a kid homework, that's still distance ed. They're at home doing it. You're giving them distance ed. So you're technically hybrid, even though you don't know it. Because, you know, we've talked about this. The original distance ed classes were just things that were mailed to you. You studied, filled out the test, sent it back. Same thing, that just sounds like homework to me. So. You know, it's it's still distance ed. If you're not there, it's distance ed. So for me, it's about investing in that to make it the best possible. So one, we're not killing teachers because teachers already have five million things to do. We don't need to add something that's going to take twice as much time to it. Uh, two, it's not killing students because students are already struggling with everything that's going on in their world that they've never experienced. Because while I can say, you know, I'm in my forties, that the the this is nothing compared to the eighties and nineties, like. It might be, but they never experienced the 80s and 90s, so they don't know. It's it's a lot to them. It's probably the worst thing they've ever experienced. So you've got to understand that and have that compassion for that. So how do you find that balance? And I think for me, it's about blazing that trail to make a way because it only takes one time to make it successful before everybody's like, yeah, this is something we can do. Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, thinking about what you're talking about. And here we are at the beginning of the show, we're talking about the power of relationships. And now we're talking about distance education. Mm -hmm. So where do you see the blend there in order for students? Or do you feel that students 
just have to learn to have different kinds of relationships in multiple spaces. It's really, um, so one of my undergrads is EdSight, and we're talking about how students learn, how they test, you know, things like that. And for me, distance education doesn't mean you have to have less of a relationship. It just means it's a different relationship because, yeah, you're not face to face. I mean, we have a relationship we've never met in real life. But it doesn't change anything. It's just about the time we invested talking to each other or responding to each other. And it could be a simple thing of, hey, that's awesome. Man, I'm glad you shared that. You know, something little, just take five seconds. And and I will, I will, I want to preface this. I don't believe in uh, discussion boards. I hate discussion boards. I've done enough of them <laughs> through all my degrees and everything to hate them. Uh, sometimes they are something that helps, but there are many, many other ways to get things done. That's just the default by many people. So what I'm saying is just because you're not face-to-face with somebody doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with them. Think of everybody you're friends with on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. There's people you would talk to and tell things to that you've never seen or maybe haven't seen in years and years and years and didn't have a good relationship until you started building that there. It's not that it can't be done. It's how do we do it? You know, I, I tell people when we're doing something, nothing is impossible. I just need to know how much money we have, how much time we have, and how much support we have. You give me those three things, we can make it happen. So it's really about putting the right resources to what you want to do and thinking differently than what we've done over the years. Yeah, and I think that is something we've learned over the past years that we have to use kids were able to maintain relationships with their friends while we were in lockdown mm-hmm. you know without even content without even leaving their house and those relationships a lot of them still moved on and blossomed and developed in different ways you and i went to school when we never when we started school we never even had you know, I feel so old saying it, but we didn't have the ability to scroll with our thumb. And mm-hmm. I have a two-year-old that knows how to work an iPhone, you know? So <laughs> it's it's the wildest thing to think about. We really have no idea what they're going through because we didn't go through it. So we have the only way to learn is is by being able to let them foster and develop relationships in those different ways but teaching them the ground rules along the way relationships haven't changed the kinds of relationships we can have has changed and has given us more opportunity but still the connection and how you speak to somebody and how you care for someone and being kind to someone and reaching out and checking in on something someone and how we rise by lifting others like all of that's the same yep look i can remember during the pandemic uh, we would have students having issues with classes and or devices or whatever. And I would just I I would just basically take things to their house I'm like, OK, here it is. I mean, and, I, and there was one student I had to sit there and kind of show him how to do his lesson and everything. And I wasn't his teacher, but it was just a matter of, you know, why not? So he was on the inside of the house. They had a had a uh, glass front door as their extra door. I was on the outside. We were on the phone and we were just talking through it. So he could see what I was doing, but it was during the pandemic. We weren't too close to each other. You know, it's just one of those things like, and that took 30 minutes out of my day. It wasn't a big deal. Right. But, you know, it's the little things like that, that matter. And, and you know, you make a great point because I also have learned so much from students too. As leaders, the best leaders learn from those 
that they lead. You know, whether it's five-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 40-year-olds, whatever matter, you learn from them. Because if I sit here and say, I know everything, me looking at you, if you said that to me, I'd be like, I'll never listen to you again because I know you're lying. I just, I just won't. You don't know everything. It's not possible. So for me to just go, I don't know, can you show me? Imagine the equity that comes out of that. If you tell a student that, can you show me? I don't know. I mean, the joy they would probably get from going, I'm teaching my teacher something. You know, that's just, that's amazing. Yeah, that vulnerability piece is really important. It's really special to the work that's going on. And, you know, as you're you're working in your, your higher ed journey, I'm sure you're seeing this as well, because now we're starting to get educators ready for the world that's changed ahead. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you think people face as they're going from their kind of higher education experience to the real world of being an educator? You know, I wish I just it's kind of like being a parent, nothing prepares you for it. You know, it doesn't matter whether you spent a semester student teaching or not, it's not the same. If it's not yours, it's just, I wish there were a way to have more time because, and this is me, I can sit through all the classes in the world and you can make me remember anything. That's not going to prepare me. Doing it prepares me. I need to physically experience it. I need to, I could have pages and pages of notes of click here or do this, like step by step. But until I do it, it's not a part of me. It's not. So for me, I try to, uh, especially when I teach, because uh, I still do teach. And, and the great part about uh, this is, you know, there's there's high schools involved in it, too. So we have career tech, we have higher ed, and we have high school. So it's kind of three parts all in one. Um, and for me, I always teach by let's do it. like. I'm not just going to test you. My tests are more, let's do it. And it's not, did you get hundred percent right? Okay. Where do we go wrong? Where do we go right? Where's the critical thinking there? How do we fix that? And then, okay, let's try it again. What's their improvement? Now we can have a grade because the whole point of grading is to see what we've learned. And if there's improvement there, then we've learned there. And so for me, it's taking a different step. It's not just, did you answer A, B, C, and D? Because I can tell you right now, even as you know, been doing it for schools for over a decade there's things you can ask me i'll be like i don't know i've never heard of that like it just it is what it is but i guarantee you if i can if i can google it in five seconds i'll look it up and figure it out and find the right way to do it so i'm looking for people to figure it out that's what i'm looking for because that's what you're going to do when you're in a classroom you're going to google it you're going to watch a tutorial video you're going to ask the teacher across the hall you're going to ask your admin you're going to do those things like how are your skills at figuring it out? That's what we need to, that's what we need to start learning. Yeah, absolutely. And then once you figure it out and you run with it, how do you make it better? Mm -hmm. You know, do you practice reflection? I think those are all really simple things that it doesn't take someone with a certificate or a degree to be able to figure that out. If you're willing to get better at what Mm -hmm. you're doing, then things are going to get, they're going to work. You know, I think that, that positive of thinking and that understanding that we're going to be going to the next level together. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to do that, it's not going to be easy. There's gonna be a lot of challenges, but once again, 
it's that team effort, you know, mm -hmm. just like as you were the sergeant of your troops, I am sure that everybody had everybody's back and I'm sure everybody came from different walks of life and a lot of them never even knew each other before. That sounds like a classroom to me. Yeah. Well, the thing is for us, it was always, it was never back walks of life. It's just, it's all about the green because we're, we're just the army. It's, it's our platoon, it's our squad, it's our group. It's all about whatever we're doing. We just got to get the mission accomplished to take care of each other. Yeah. Absolutely. I write all the time whenever there's a quotable lines all about the green. I love that. I appreciate that one. Listen, one thing we do on this show is we dedicate the show to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential and all whom they serve. And you have a very special person, a woman by the name of Leslie Armstrong, who is your wife. That is correct. And, and she is a mental health therapist and Oh God, you gotta tell me about you gotta tell me about this dedication. So my wife, just to give you a small example, uh, she's worked with uh school age kids, uh college kids, she's worked with adults with disabilities, she's worked with kids with disabilities, she's worked with kind of all ranges. Her heart absolutely is kids. Um, just because so much happens in a child, and if you can address some of it and help them with it, so much can change as an adult for them and really kind of redirect them. And we've talked so many times about this, you know, you move a kid an inch and in 10 years, they're a mile apart. Right. So it's just my wife. Like, if you think I'm an encourager, I am very negative compared to my wife. My wife is an absolutely encouraging person. She will listen to anybody for anything for however long they want to talk. I mean, she is the most encouraging, um, heartwarming person there is and just loves people so i love first off that she loves to help kids and secondly you know she does this on a daily basis she's talking to students and just helping them with their issues and everything and so leslie is my role model in life if i could be more like her i would feel like i would be a pretty good person i'm right up there with you so shout out to leslie and we were talking a little bit on the pre-show just the importance of a role of a mental health expert during a mental health crisis mm -hmm. and man your role is needed now and forever if you guys mm -hmm. ever need a, a little help with getting a dog to join you on your journey let me know because that's definitely my pathway as well trying to be able to continue to work with animals in schools and be able to use that to help with that this mental health journey that we're on because man i see it every single day just like you do and mm -hmm. it's good to, it's great to know that there are people out there that are still saying hopeful and doing everything but so taylor what's next for you i know we are trying to we're focused right now on finishing that doctorate program but talk a little bit more about that well so of course i want to finish my doctorate i'm still uh doing some teaching because uh, i just love to teach love to help people learn it's just part of who I am, even if it's just a little bit, one or two classes a semester, I, I want to do it. But um, the doctorate is my main goal right now. If I can finish that, I feel like uh, there's not much left to accomplish in life. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, I've also gotten into this uh, age where uh, I have kids, uh, one's five, about to be six, and the other two are seven, and really trying to be basically the dad that does stuff with them. We're signing it up for signing them up for uh, jujitsu and I'm going to take it with them so we can all do it together and just kind of 
focus on spending time with my family and, and helping however I can, because I think it's important. Like it's great to be great at what you do. Um, and I want to be great at everything I do, but um, something's always stuck out with me. It's just talking about money and jobs. You can win the job competition. You can win the money competition, but if you lose the family competition, it doesn't really mean much. So um, my first and foremost is always be a, as best of a husband and father as I can be. And then after that, I'm going to give everything I have to what I have left. I love that. I love that. That's important. Very important, especially with young kids. Three kids? I actually have four, but four my kid is 21. So she don't need me anymore. She just needs me to buy her a meal every now and then. Good for you, man. Congrats on that. That is a uh, – you got a whole troop at home as well, I can see. So that's that's – being important to be the leader of the family. I love that. I love that your values are all in check. And I think that's important for people and listeners out there to realize that, that, you know, staying true to your values and not chasing what you think you should be chasing, but sticking with what you know and starting with yourself and with your family and those closest to you and those relationships. So important. So one thing I do on this show, the last thing, my favorite part is I ask you to finish my sentence because we've been talking about it the whole time. So unlocking unlimited potential means. Man, for me, it means unlocking you. Look at my life. You know, you talk about my weight loss journey. I thought I was limited. I couldn't do things. I couldn't go places. I just had to unlock my belief in myself. That's all I had to do. And once I unlocked myself, Look at how far I've come. I've gotten multiple degrees. I'm working on a terminal degree. I have lost over 100 pounds. Uh, I am able to do different things. I mean, like, I unlock my limited potential by believing in myself. And that's all you got to do. Take the chains off and say you can't. And just say, yeah, I can. And do what you need to do to make it possible. Absolutely. Listeners can't see the shirt you're wearing, but shout out to the right leader on that one. Believe, yes. study, hustle, mm-hmm. manifest repeat i believe those are the things you were saying incredible dude he was on this show not too long ago but yes absolutely man i love everything that you stand for i appreciate your service even though i'm not entirely ever going to really understand what that means but i appreciate all of it and most importantly i appreciate you coming back to the classroom to the schools and taking all that you learned to bring it to create influence for the lives of others. Amazing. It's amazing. Appreciate it. It is what it's about. So listen, so I thank you for joining me on the show. I really appreciate you joining me here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. No problem. And to all of our listeners out there, if you have not signed up for the something for you newsletter, why haven't you? Because it's free, helpful tips, resources hits your inbox on the first and 15th of every month. I'm excited to get it out to you. Head on over to better, I can't even speak. Head on over to brandonbeckedu.com to sign up. And to everyone out there, if you heard this episode and you enjoyed it as much as I did, please remember, share it, like it, tweet at us so that you can join us in the conversation. But hopefully you're sharing it will help someone else be more hopeful in their day ahead. The journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Continue to educate in passion.